Hello once again, welcome to another edition of the I'm Always Right Sports Podcast. I am your host, as always, the mouth of Michigan, Robin Dyker. With me, as always, my co-host, the Merck Zone, Mike Merkel. Yes. And we have so much to go over today, like we always do. I say it every week, but it's always true. There's always so much going on in the sports world. We're talking some SEC football. We're going to do a deep dive into each one of their team schedules and who we got coming out of the SEC, uh, possibly into the Final Four, and so on. We're going to talk the Detroit Tiger problems and how they could potentially set a record that nobody wants to have. We're going to start the second week or second part of the episode off with NXT TakeOver and how that show went and our reviews and thoughts on that. We're going to talk NWA coming back to television. That's right. The National Wrestling Alliance is trying to secure a TV deal. They're going to be doing some TV tapings later in the year. And we're going to end it, hopefully on a high note, with some Lions playoff talk. That's right. Lions playoff. Yes, it could be a possibility. Stay tuned to the very end of the show. Do not doubt me. All right. You're already laughing, so you're not helping me sell this. Nope, you're not doing me not nothing. All. Jeez. All right, let's go. You're already. You're still sour about that preseason game. I know. I feel you. Not even. The, yeah. Okay. <laughs> we'll we'll talk about it. All right. Let's just jump right in, though, Mike. Obviously, you've been doing a great job so far. We've done the Big Ten. We've done the Big Twelve. We've done which the other? Pac-12. The Pac Twelve. They all got numbers. Let's talk now about the SEC. Um, one of the more, you know, that obviously probably the most known conference outside of the Big Ten, especially yeah. here in Michigan, right? There's a lot of hot powerhouse teams. Let's just go and jump right in, guys. We yes. know the drill by now. Hopefully, I don't Hopefully, know. I don't know. Kyle's not here, so he's not going to just say random words yeah, and like hope, Jared to, hope, Cook or hope to find a meaningful sentence in there. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> does Jared Cook play for Alabama? No, he does oh, not. Oh, then they're not winning it then. Yeah, I guess not. <laughs> um, so we're going to start with the SEC East. Okay. I think that's how we go, right? East and West? Yeah, East and West. Sure, why not? So we got the East over here. Uh, first thing we're going to look at is Florida. Florida. So uh, last year they were 10-3. and three. They're under overset at 10.5 games. Uh, Already that's a, uneasy. Yeah, that's tough. Florida's a weird team. Like, if you would have told me if Florida was 10-3, and three, like, you just said that, and I kind of just went, really? They were 10-3? and three? Yep, Like, I didn't were... think they were as good as that. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to say the under. I think 10 wins is probably their <laughs> Already? Max. Not even yeah. not looking at the schedule? No, I, I just – because I can't name a, a player on the Florida team. I mean, I, I can't name anyone in the SEC for the most part. That's true, I guess. Give me their schedule. Maybe I'll change my mind. <laughs> so, I'm, already, I'm already right so now. So they have a pretty easy <laughs> non-conference schedule. They play like Miami, UT, UT Martin, and Towson. So that's like, you know. That's probably three wins right there. there. Miami um, used to be good for like a season. Yeah, they, have, they do have <laughs> tough home away games. they got Kentucky on the road, mm-hmm. LSU on the road, and Missouri, if you want to count that on the road. <laughs> um, and then their home games, they have like Tennessee, Auburn, and uh, Florida State at the end of the season. Mm. We're not even playing Bama this year, huh? Nope. No Bama this they year? They down Bama. They do have Georgia yeah. at home. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm going to still stay under, honestly. Like I said, I don't I don't know enough about them to be, to be like, super confident about it. But at the same time, like I said, I just don't – Florida is a team where everybody expects – they're going to be ranked 15, you know what I mean, kind of throughout the year. That's where they're going to be, right? That's kind of – they're a middle-of-the-road kind of – they're a top program, I guess, but – they're not. I don't see them as national championship contenders, top ten team That's quality. Fair. All right. Next up, we got Georgia. Georgia was eleven and three last year, mm-hmm. and their unovers also ten and a half games. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. They got an easy non-conference schedule. They do have a home game against Notre Dame, mm-hmm. which could be very tough. But they also got Murray State, Arkansas State. That's two so right there. Yeah. They, and those State. are all three in a home. We got Murray State, Arkansas State, then Notre Dame all in a row, all at home. So that's a nice little mm-hmm. gimme there. Yeah. Then they got away games at Tennessee, at Auburn, at Georgia Tech mm-hmm. through the season. But mm-hmm. you also have their home games against Florida, 
and Missouri and Texas A&M. Mm-hmm. So it's not looking too tough. No, I'm going to say the over, honestly. I think this if this is going to be the year for Georgia, I think this is going to be the year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they got a good, experienced quarterback at the helm. Um, I know they've kind of, they lost some pieces right offensively over the past two drafts, you know, that they had. But at the same time... You know, I don't think any team outside of Clemson has pushed Alabama to its limits like they have. So if this is going to be the year to do it, I think this has probably got to be because yeah. I think Fromm's going to leave after this year, along probably. with along with Tua from Bam, which we'll talk about in a minute. But I think, yeah, I think it's got to be the over there. I think they're too talented of a football team at this point to, to kind of, you know. That's fair. Kirby Smart's a fantastic coach. So yeah, that's that's very fair. Yeah. Uh, next up, we got Kentucky. Last year they were ten and three. Ten and three, really, really. Mm-hmm. Wow. A lot of good teams in the SEC. Yeah, no last kidding. Year. And um, their thing is set at seven and a half, okay. so a little bit lower. They yeah. lost Josh Allen, who was their big star there. Yeah. So they're setting a little lower there. Yeah. Um, they play early games against like Toledo and Eastern Michigan. So I'm assuming those are probably. Hey, don't easier. you count those Eagles out? All right, from Eastern Michigan. Okay. That's don't true. Don't you count I can't, those guys can't out? Can't count them out, even though I will count them <laughs> out very easily. Uh, they play um, road games against Mississippi State, Georgia. Georgia, that's not, <laughs> that's not too tough. But then they also got home games against Florida, um, Arkansas, Tennessee, and Louisville at the end of the season. So Bama's not playing any of these teams nope. so far. Bama's on the players. other side of this conference. Yeah, right. So, so there's no real cross. Teams, yeah, no. right. Okay, so... Um, yeah, I'll take the over. Why not? Right? I mean, I don't. I don't see any besides Georgia. I don't think there's any team that I can clearly on paper say, "Oh yeah, they're better than Kentucky." Would you say Florida's better than Kentucky. Yes, I would. Okay, I so would say probably teams. probably those two. Yeah, sorry, not Florida too, but um, just overall. I mean, they're they're an okay team, right? They're they're they, they're non conference is is pretty much cakewalk for the most part. So that's a couple wins right there. It's seven, right? Seven and a half. Seven I half. think they could get to eight easy. Okay. Um, next up, we got Missouri. Uh, last year they were eight and five. They're also set at seven and a half. Mm, I'm gonna take the under on this already. <laughs> okay. Missouri, but um, so they have early their early <laughs> schedule at Wyoming, home against West Virginia. Home against South Carolina could be see, a tough See, those are and none of those games right there you just said are gimmies to me. No. Like, like even Wyoming, like that's a low key. That's a game where that spread's gonna be weird mm-hmm. opening weekend. West Virginia, that's not a cakewalk, right? And South, who was the other one? South Carolina. South Carolina. There's no way, dude. Those are all those three games are. They're not. I wouldn't say they're like. Oh my gosh, you have to win those, but. Those are not easy gimme non-conference. Yep. And then late in the season, they have at Kentucky, at Georgia, home against Florida, home against Tennessee in a stretch. Yeah, that's 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 a gauntlet right there. Yeah. You know what I mean? Even Tennessee, I'm not very, I'm not super high on Tennessee either. But I mean, either way, even if they get that one and three in that four game stretch, yeah, then you're at August, Arkansas to end the season. All right, well, Arkansas sucks, but everybody else, I mean, that's a tough schedule. So I'm gonna say the under on that. That's a tough. Okay. That is a tough because I think that they be, they will be lucky to get two and one. Out of those three games in the opening stretch, there. Yeah. So I think they drop one of those. Okay. Um, so next up, we got South Carolina. Uh, last year they were seven and six. Mm-hmm. Their thing is set at six and a half games. Mm-hmm. So they open the season against home against North Carolina. Have a pretty easy non conference schedule. Yeah. Um, Charleston Southern's the other team they got. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is the first team that plays Alabama. They play home against Alabama. Yeah. So that's going to be a fun one to yeah. go through. Yeah, they also be. play home against Kentucky, but they also have road games at Georgia and at Tennessee and at Texas A&M. Jeez. 
And then they end the season home against Clemson. Yeah, so that's so. What's their set at right now? Six and a half. That's under. Jesus, I mean, good lord, man! Every possible team you're playing. I mean, good for South Carolina for putting teams on their yeah. schedule. But at it's the same even time, awesome. They also got Appalachian State. Yeah, that's which, not a gimme that's either. Not a gimme. I mean, yes, they're like, the, yeah, exactly. That's gimme. not a gimme at all. You know, so that's a terrible. Jeez, that's a terrible season. Good yeah. lord. Um, next up, we got Tennessee. Last year they were five and seven. It seems about their right. record. Their thing is set at seven and a half. So okay. maybe some improvement. <laughs> okay, sure. Um, early in the season, they play Georgia State, BYU, and UT Chattanooga well, all at home. There's three wins right there. Um, they have home games Stupid. against Georgia, South Carolina, and Vanderbilt through the season. But they also have a tough road mm-hmm. schedule. They play at Florida. At Alabama, at Kentucky, at Missouri. I think it was all those games. Pretty sure, honestly. Like mm-hmm. I, I maybe not the Missouri, but what's it? What's it set at? Seven and a half. Seven and a half. Seven and a half. I'm gonna take. The, I'm gonna take the under. I don't. Okay. I don't see where that. I mean, I get the the three wins right off the top. Yeah, but I think their conference record is just gonna be abysmal. So I look at the SEC a lot. Like I kind of look at the Pac-12, where I think there's a clump of two or three teams that are really good, and I think the rest kind of just beat each other up. So they're always kind of in that middle seven, eight, maybe nine win range. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Maybe a Florida peaks out there and gets ten wins, but there's a lot of teams that are all so close as far as ability goes. And you know, it's all it's all kind of relative. You know yeah. what I mean? It's kinda of like what's your flavor of the month? That's kinda of how you have to roll with it, I feel like. Yeah. And the last team sitting here in the East is Vanderbilt. Yeah. They were six and seven last year. Their thing is set at four and a half. Yeah, it doesn't track. Um them. so they have a pretty tough schedule. <laughs> so they play at Purdue early. That's a they rough They got one. U on L V that's and Eastern easy. Tennessee State as their non-conference schedule. They probably win two out of those. Yeah. yeah. And then they have home games against Georgia, LSU, uh, Kentucky. But then they also – and then those are just home games. Jeez. Away games, you got um, Ole Miss, you got Florida, Tennessee – not looking pretty yeah, nice there. No, it's not. That's going to be an under. Look, Vanderbilt is a t- Vanderbilt's like they just they're like the Rutgers. I'm always I always have a Rutgers team, you know, yeah. that I can relate it to. That's Vanderbilt, honestly. They haven't been relevant since Cutler was there, and even then that's how you know that's not very good. Jake Cutler is your most famous like player to come out of there in a long yeah. time. Nothing against Cutler, but that career obviously didn't live up to the hype. So with that being said, I'm going to take the under. That's that's a rough even your home conference games. That's a tough, tough stretch. stretch. Like like talk about like your home field advantage being negated, mm-hmm. you know? Ah, gross. So who would you have winning in the East? Um I'm going to take Georgia. I'm going to say Georgia. Yeah. I think like I said, I think that if this has to be the year. If this is not the year, I don't know what else. I mean, they had two first round basically Chubb's second round pick, but Two basically first-round talent running backs. They've had receivers there. The defense has been up above average, if nothing else, right? Yeah. You've had a quarterback since he was a freshman play pretty darn well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think he gets enough credit for, for what he does for that offense. And so you've got, you're going to have a lot of talent still on that team that could have made a run the past two years and even did two years ago. I, I think this has got to be the year if they're going to do it. Yep. I don't know if they I, do, but I think this has got to be the year. I pretty much agree with that yeah. whole thing. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think it's going to be Georgia. It could be Florida, but I'm maybe. pretty much yeah, maybe. on that's, yeah. If I had to 
bet on it, it would be Georgia. Right. Yeah. I but I just think sure. I just think from from a depth perspective, from like key players, right? Key play, like the most important player. We always say this, right? The most important player on the field is quarterback. But especially in college, where if you have an experienced guy who's played in big time situations like that, regardless of what you think his attributes are, whether he can throw the ball sixty yards, whether he's fast, he's athletic, whatever the case may be, in college football, if you have a truly a, a stud starting quarterback, I think you're in great shape. That's fair. You know what I mean? Yep, so, I, I, I mean, that's half my reason why I have my reservations about Michigan. I don't know if Shea Patterson is a good enough quarterback to get this team where it needs to be if, in the situation where a defense has a bad day. Like that Ohio State game, the defense got shredded. But the offense was like, I got you, you know, mm-hmm. kind of thing, right? They were nowhere to be found. That's the kind of guy that I think that they have at Georgia right now. Okay. Um, so now we're going to head over to the west of Bama. the SEC. <laughs> Do I even need to go through it? We will before they're fans, but Bama. <laughs> That's fair. Um, so Alabama's first team we'll talk about. Yeah, since sure. They're going to go in alphabetical order here. Yeah. Um, so they're under over set at 11 and a half. Jeez. And uh, they were 14 they and play one last games, year. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, they oh lost, obviously lost the national championship and went undefeated all the way to then. Yep. Um, so they have home games against like Duke, New Mexico State, Southern Miz, and then your second to last game, Western Carolina, they got right before the Auburn game. Good Lord. Uh, yeah, that's fun, isn't it? Yeah, it's so, so stupid. Uh, through the season, they play at Texas A&M, at Mississippi State, at Auburn. Um, they have home game against LSU, Tennessee, Arkansas, Ole Miss. Dude, this this is a crock, dude. Here's my other problem. Like, yeah, obviously the over. They're gonna go undefeated. Like, yeah. if Auburn doesn't beat them, they're going undefeated. But this is the here's the thing. We just talked about South Carolina, right? Who is struggling to get six, seven wins a year. But they've got Bama, they've got Clemson, they've got all these teams that are like higher profile on their schedule. And I can't name a single team on that list, with the exception of Auburn, who's gonna be over five hundred mm-hmm. on that schedule. Like, I get it. They're awesome, and they've won national championships, so you can say that they even in the big games they show up more often than not. But come on. Like, seriously? Mm-hmm. That's your schedule? That's like if Michigan said, we're not going to play Penn State, Ohio State, or Michigan State any year. Ever. We're never going to play those three teams. Because those are usually the three other good teams in the Big Ten. Yep. How retarded is that? That is so dumb on so many levels. <laughs> that's just – that makes me – like, as an Alabama fan – you going undefeated is like the New England Patriots winning the division in the NFL. It's it's like all right, what else do you got? Because you're not you don't play anybody half the damn time. So stupid. I feel the same. So okay. stupid. <laughs> Gosh, that's so dumb. I mean, you're good. I get it, but come on. So next up, we got Arkansas. Last year they were two and ten, yeah. and they're under over set at four and a half games. Mm. Um, so they play home games against Portland State, Colorado State, <laughs> Portland San, State, yes, and San Jose State. Good so, lord, um, maybe and <laughs> Western Kentucky. So maybe pull out some wins <laughs> in those. Um, yeah. You got at Ole Miss. Uh, you got at Kentucky, Goodness at Alabama. Gracious. Good yeah. luck at LSU. Good luck, I yeah. guess. I'm gonna. I mean, I mean, I'm gonna take the over just because they're opening. I mean, they got three games right off the top yeah. that they should win. Plus, I like their. I like their head coach, honestly. Um, okay. You know, former offensive coordinator at Clemson. Um, I like the fact that they're trying to build something. I think Arkansas is just severely one of those teams where it sticks out like a sore thumb in the SEC. Yep. Um, like they're a team that remind like that. I feel like should have been like in the Big Ten or something. You know what yeah. I mean? Not not geographically, but just the way they play and and everything else. It just seems like a team that kind of would fit better in there. I'm gonna give them the over though. Okay. I think they're trying to turn. Um, it next up, we got Auburn. So last year they were eight and five. 
Um, Down here for Auburn, for yep, sure. They're sitting at seven and a half. Really? Yep. Wow. Um, here's well, some reason the why. They open the season home against Oregon. That's a rough go. So that's, that's a tough how draw they're going right to open right. their season. They lost their quarterback, too, which, which hurts. Yep. Which hurts, for sure. Um, so also, they got Tulane and Kent State and Samford right, as their openers. So probably three and one through that set, if I had yeah. to imagine. Right. But you have home game against Alabama and Georgia mm-hmm. late in the season, so that's kind of helpful. But... You play at LSU, at Florida, and at Texas A&M. See, those so are, nothing, yeah. Jeez, that's nothing. nothing. No gimmies there. No, none, none, none whatsoever. What's it, seven and a half? Seven and a half. I always hate the half. I don't know why they just can't give me like a hard, you know what I mean? Cause well, I mean, I, I could give you yeah, hards, but yeah, at the same right. time. Yeah, I know. I think, I think that I think that's probably, jeez, uh, I'm probably going to say seven. And the only reason why I'm going to say seven and not take the over is just because, like, the Bama game is always weird because there's a lot of emotion that gets thrown into there. But the rest of those games, I mean, maybe Texas A&M they beat, right? I don't think they beat LSU. Florida, that's going to be a tight game. I can't in good conscience be like, oh, yeah, they usually get to nine wins yeah. or something like that. You know what I mean? Like, I just don't I don't see where the rest of those wins are going to come from yeah. the way that's set up. You know what I mean? They don't really play any gimme games on their on their conference no. schedule, which is which I commend them for. Maybe Bama should take a hint. Yeah, you know what I mean. There but, were reports that in the upcoming years you're going to try to schedule harder teams. Oh, okay, good. Ridiculous, absolutely ridiculous. I'm sorry, but it's like it's just it's just stupid to me. Like, if, honestly, you're 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 rewarding a team at this point for doing nothing. Well, no, I mean? that's always, that was always my thing. Was yeah. you look at it and you just go, I feel like there's some one loss teams that deserve it more. Right, because you've played anybody well, all year. Yeah, because you just go, then why would Michigan try to go schedule Notre Dame? Right, I have no incentive. When it doesn't impact you at all. No incentive, right, exactly. Like, because like even if they go undefeated, Alabama goes undefeated, they go, well, they did beat that one team 59-3, to so yeah. aren't they better? It's right. like, no, because they didn't right. play Notre Dame, they played yeah, exactly. Chattanooga. Yeah, That's exactly. why, but they give them the edge at that point then. So yeah, that's, you I'm, have I'm, no... I'm in total agreement with you, dude. Like I'm saying, even Georgia's schedule's harder. Like, there's a lot of teams where it's like, that's why I think there's a lot of uproar when you see two SEC teams make it when Bama's been coasting the entire time. You know what I mean? Where, like, like I'm going to be honest with you. If Bama goes undefeated and loses the SEC championship this year to Georgia, right? So, spoiler, that's what I'm picking, is those two teams. But if they lose to Georgia, I don't think Bama should get in. No. Even an undefeated with the one loss. Because you didn't play anybody all year to roar it. Like, being like, you know what? They had a tough schedule. They beat a whole bunch of other teams. And then they lost in the SEC championship game. Correct me if I'm wrong, but wasn't it two years ago where, where they didn't win the SEC championship? But they ended up getting there. Yes, they were four seed. Yes, they were the four seed seed against Clemson. Correct. That year. Yes. The year they played Georgia in the championship. They played Georgia in like the SEC championship game or something. Lost to them. I believe so. I believe you're right on that. Yeah. What? Yeah. But there was a time when they lost it. They were the four seed. Correct. And I was like, how does that? Or did they win the SEC championship game and lose to Auburn or something? Maybe it was that. that. Maybe. I don't know. I know what you're talking about. You know about, what I'm though. talking yes, about. Yeah, there's like a situation. That's what I'm saying, that though, right? Like, if you go undefeated, that's the that's the only caveat to this, right? Like, you go undefeated, you win your you win your conference championship, you're in. I get it. But if you don't, there is no justifiable purpose for me. Don't tell me, well, on paper, they look like good matchup. I don't care what they look like on paper. If you don't win your conference and you have a cakewalk schedule like that, there is no reason why you should yeah. be in the final. That's also why Ohio State, the year they got snuffed out yeah. by... Oklahoma, right? I was totally okay with it because they lost by like thirty points to Purdue, mm-hmm. and that whole year they played like 
an easy non-conference. Right, yeah. They the only anybody. team they beat was Michigan. Yeah, and I was like, you don't deserve to make it if yeah. you play one right. top five team. Right, or one and top we all know Michigan team. was a fraud too, so we all yeah. it all makes sense. It, it's yeah. all cyclical. It all comes together. All right, let's keep going. Wow, that was well. It's just it's just annoying. It's just annoying, though, yeah. right? So you're, I'm listening to these schedules, and you, like even in other divisions where you go, man, they all play each other, man. It's going to be a hell of a schedule. Yeah. Well, and then you got Bama over here, the number one team in the country. Yeah, we we had a rough one. Yeah, we played San Jose State. They took us tough. We only beat them like sixty to fourteen. Like it yeah. was crazy. So stupid. But continue. All right, LSU's next. Uh, last year they were ten and three. Good season. Um, for them. Good bounce back yeah, here. They're set at nine and a half games. Mm. So they start the season. Against Georgia Southern, then they got at Texas. That's a tough one. Home against Northwestern State, and then their other one is Utah State at okay. home. Yeah. So those are three other four. Um, they play home games against Florida, Auburn, and Arkansas, Texas A and M. Mm-hmm. They also have their big road game against Alabama, mm-hmm. and also Mississippi State is a tough one. You can ten and a half. Through. Ten and a half. Jeez, that's tough. I think they get ten wins, but I don't think they get over that. I think there's a couple teams in there where, like, I feel like a Florida game, that's a trap game in a yeah. lot of respects, right? The Bama, that's going to be tough no matter what. Yeah. Um, so I, I think ten's probably their top just, okay. just because of that. I just, I'm going to give them that just because I think Ed Ordron's hilarious because I can't understand a word it says. <laughs> uh, Mississippi State's next. Last year they were eight and five. Their thing is set at seven and a half. So they start their season in Louisiana, Southern Miz. Kansas State, and then later they have Abilene Christian as a non-conference schedule. So okay. take that as you may. Yeah. You got home games against Kentucky, LSU, and Alabama. Jeez. But you also go on the road against Auburn, Tennessee, Texas A&M. Those are I, I just so, under. I'm going to take the under. That's a terrible. That's terrible. Yeah. That's a lot. Of, so once again, though, right? You could name all these teams and go, "Wow, that's a rough schedule." And the Bama's like, "Yeah, we played, you know, three blind kids and a deaf guy." Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, it's just ridiculous. So stupid. But yeah, I'm going to take the under. Ole Miss last year was yeah. five and seven, yeah. and they're predicted to be at around the four and a half mark as they're under over. Unfortunately, um, yeah, so they start season at Memphis, home against Southeastern Louisiana and mm-hmm. California. Uh, let's see. They got some. They got. They play at Alabama, at Missouri, at Auburn, at Mississippi State. You got home games against Vanderbilt, Texas A and M, New Mexico State, and LSU. I think you get five wins. You think yeah, so? yeah, I think you get five wins there. Yeah, I think you can. I, I, there's there's those, some teams like I said. They're in the bottom half of the both conferences yeah. that are just going to beat up on each other, and it's going to be like, oh, big win, oh, big loss, big win, big loss. It's just going to be and a the, crap show. Yep. The final team we got here is yep. Texas A&M. Last year they were nine and four. They're set at eight and a half wins. Little Jimbo Fisher. So uh, they got so they start the season is interesting. Home yeah. against Texas State at Clemson. At home against Lamar, and then later in the season they got UTSA. Take that as you may. So they also play home games against Auburn, Alabama, South Carolina, but they play Ole Miss, and then they end the season on a back-to-back road stretch against Georgia and LSU. Wow. Let's rough. What's it set at right now? Uh, eight and a half. Eight and a half. I'm going to take the under on that. Right. I'm going to take the under. Like, I don't think Jimbo Fisher's that good of a coach, honestly. Yeah. I think he got paid a crap ton of money thinking he was going to turn the program around, but you're in the SEC. You're not at Florida State anymore. It's a totally different world, you know? So I'm going to take Bama to win that side, even though it annoys me. Um, but as we're talking and as more annoyed as I realize how cakewalk of a schedule, I'm going to say Georgia wins the SEC. Okay. I was coming in thinking I was going to take Bama, but now that you read the schedule for him, I didn't do that beforehand, and I think Georgia's going to get it. I think the, I think if Georgia gets there, they go through the ringer, I think this will finally be the time where they knock them off the pedestal, 
and they get there. Yeah. Um, I'm what do you gonna, got? I'm, uh, I'm going to probably say Alabama, but as a upcoming, I think LSU has a good chance. Absolutely. If, Absolutely. if they beat Alabama, I think they win it. I think LSU needs, like, I think, I wish LSU were, was able to get, like, a truly, like, every time I watch LSU, the first thing I think about is, man, their quarterback is just average. Yeah, It's always. just always just They can blah. only run the ball because Man, it's exactly. It's just kind of like, ugh, it's so blech, yeah. whatever. But alright, so you got Bama winning the whole yeah. thing? I'm going to have Georgia? Bama I'm going to have Bama over Georgia. Right. But I wouldn't be shocked to see like an LSU beat Alabama this That'd year be during the season. That'd be fun, for and sure. And then you got like I think honestly, the, I, yeah, LSU and I think Auburn is always one of those weird yeah. games. So those two games That's, are that's a weird game, but I don't think Auburn can win it. Yeah, right. I right. think LSU can legitimately like win yeah, it. Yeah, for sure. For sure, absolutely. All right, before we go to break, let's talk some Tigers real quick here. Um, They have potential right now, the way the Tigers are playing. They have potential to lose the most games in history. Now, when I made the script for the show earlier this week, I think they were at a point to where they had to lose, they could only win, if they won, I think, 10 or less games or 9 or less games, they'd set the record for most losses ever. And they've gone down, and I think they've won like two out of their last four. So I think it's more like seven games now. But with that being said, if they lose, if they somehow set the record for ineptitude in Major League Baseball, um, do you think Alavila should be fired? That's the only thing I really want to talk about because if they set this record, now it's improbable they'd have to go like seven and thirty-nine or something the rest of the way, which would be crazy. But nonetheless, do you think Avila should be fired? Even though we knew going in, listen, they're going to be bad, they're going to be terrible. We know this going in, but this bad. Setting a whole new level of suckitude. Do you think that he has? Do you think he has enough stroke to be like, listen, I get it, but it's going to get better. Or I knew we were going to be bad, but as an owner, as a fan, I go, it can't be this bad. Well, I um, let's see how am I going to put this. <laughs> <laughs> I would I would still give him a chance. Yeah. Because even if you're the worst team, you're in the rebuild mode. Yeah. So like you're not. I didn't have expectations of anything more than this. Right. I guess you could say, as you're saying, well, it like, did you expect to be this bad? But then I say, kind of, because when you look at what they have, they literally have nothing. And obviously some injuries have played into and it, right? They sold some assets at the trade deadline. I yeah. get it, right? But, like, theoretically, like, if you lose, le- if you win less than 10 games over the next, like, 45, whatever's yeah. left, that's really bad. Like, that's... Yeah. Really bad. <laughs> you, you just, then you're just expecting a longer rebuild. But yeah. at the end of the day, you know, yeah. the seasons are like. My thing is, once the season hits a point to where it's a dud, mm-hmm. after that, it doesn't really matter to me. Right. Like if the Lions, so it doesn't. So it doesn't matter to you whether whether or not like it, they set the record, they don't set the record. It doesn't yeah. matter to you. We're gonna have the first overall pick. Let's just keep. See for me, like say the Lions start like two and ten. Yeah. If they go six and ten or two and fourteen, to me at that point it doesn't matter because it's yeah. already a loss. Right. You know what I mean? Right. So to me personally. If they're thirty-five and eighty, I think I just checked right now. I think that's thirty-five and eighty. Oh yeah, thirty-five and eighty oh right now. Oh my gosh! So if that's they fantastic. if they end up having over, they have like one hundred twenty. It's yeah. like one hundred twenty losses. They have to have like one hundred twenty losses or whatever. Yeah. If they even hit one hundred and ten losses and they only have like forty something wins. Yeah. At that point, I'm like, yeah, but like three months ago, I already knew the season was a dud. Yeah. So to me personally, I just like we got the number one pick or whatever, and yeah. we're all set. Like. So do you have a message, if you had a message for Tiger fans out there right now who are 
pulling their hair out thinking this is like no. the worst Don't watch thing baseball. ever. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> you know, someone's bad. yelling at their TV right now saying like, yeah, well, don't watch Lions then. Don't get you, you know. Oh, like that's it's, fair, it's, yeah. it's, it's totally the same thing. Totally but fair. I will agree with I you like though. I will agree guys. with you, Mike, that in the sense that I know some people are upset that Boyd didn't get traded. I know people were upset with the return they got for Castellanos and Jane Green. But with that being said... I think I think you're right. I think if you're gonna see this rebuild through, you give it a whole nother year. You look at what you have coming into 2021 and saying, "What do we got? Yeah. Do we have a young team where we're gonna finally be able to start competing? Or if we're not there, then we need to get a new guy in here yeah. and we need a completely clean house, everybody, and go with it. You know yeah. what I mean? Uh, no, I'm t- yeah. That's I, I think I think that's probably the best course of action because I think if you pull the plug a little too quickly, then. You're, yeah, you're still going to be in the rebuilding, but you could potentially be extending that rebuild even more because you're changing the way you draft, changing the way you think, everything else. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. We're going to be terrible regardless. But So you might as well see the plan through yeah. before I mean, you completely just go, all right, I'm, screw it. Yeah, I'm usually in the mindset where, say, like you expect the rebuild to be done in four years, yeah. and the second year it's really bad. But if you just restart it then, mm-hmm. you got another four years. Four years, of the exactly. Instead of like you could just finish it. Right. And then, let's see well, what happens, right? Yeah. Maybe we maybe we're just average. Okay, then we know that he's not the guy and you fire him. Yeah, you fire him and then you can restart it then or whatever. Exactly. It's hindsight twenty twenty. Alright, guys. Yeah. That's gonna be it for part one of episode thirty seven. After the break, we got NXT Takeover, NWA TV, Lions Playoff Hopes, all the good stuff and more after the break. Stick around. Hey guys, this is the Mouth of Michigan, Raman Dyke, your I'm Always Right 24-7 champion. Just reminding you once again to stay tuned to part two of episode 37. And be sure to follow us on all of our social media pages as we have huge, I mean huge, news coming very, very soon. I promise you, you do not want to miss this. Now stay tuned for part two of episode 37. All right, and welcome back to part two. Episode 37 of the I'm Always Right Sports Podcast. Let's jump right into it, Mike. NXT TakeOver Toronto. Is that what they were calling it, right? Yes. Um, thoughts on the show. A lot of Undisputed Era in there. Um, we're going to talk about the, the depth issues with NXT here in a second. Um, just give me your overall thoughts. You watched it last night or if when you're hearing this two days ago. Um, what did you think? It was our first show that we watched at my new house. Yeah. How crazy and, was that? Only was- buffered half. The time but it. but wasn't my fault though. No, it was the network's fault. We yes. cleared that up because I thought it was me too. I was like, man, this sucks. This is yeah. awful. But no. no. <laughs> but um, besides all the buffering and missing yeah. missing parts of it, and then yeah. speeding really quickly through it, which I thought was really funny. <laughs> um, yeah. I thought the card was um, pretty good. Not, I think it's actually it's why I say the worst one this year. Mm-hmm. But saying the worst one, is, I'd still give it like an 8 out of 10. Yeah, I would something. say so. Right. So, like, that's not yeah, saying it's I, the I think that, and then we're going to talk about the depth issues in a second, but, like, I think I agree with you. I think that when you look back on this show, uh, with the exception of the main event, Cole Gargano, there's nothing on this show that I'm going to remember six months from now. Yeah. You know what I mean? I thought they all did a pretty nice job for the most part. I don't think there was any match where you're like, wow, that was terrible. But. With that being said, I also don't think there's anything outside of Cole Gargano where I go, you know, like, man, I got to watch that again kind of thing. You, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, they, this car does have a lot of rewatch value to me. It right. Was much, just like, right. It's like the first time, okay, let's yeah. sit through, let's watch it. We know the action will be good. It's kind of one of those things now to where you're kind of a victim of your own success, mm-hmm. where you're expecting it to be good, so you know it's going to be good, but at the same time, you're not like blown back, right? Yeah. It's not like it's like average, 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 and then you have a great show, and you're like, holy crap, you remember that show? Where now it's just kind of like it's expected, 
So now it's it's almost like they have to do too much or something completely out of the box. Yeah. Or you know what I mean? Do I you think it's, is it just me? Yeah. I don't know if you feel the same. Yeah, for sure. Do you think? Do you have any rewatch value in any of the takeovers? Any uh, the whole show? No. Individual matches? I would say yes. Like. Um, certain matches, and you know what it is? It's not necessarily like the marquee ones. Like, I don't need to watch Champa Gargano again, right? Like, I don't need to see that. But I will watch, like, um, Oni Lorca and Danny Burch versus Undisputed Era for the tag titles. I thought that match was phenomenal just because, you know, there was no way that you thought they were winning the tag titles. Yeah. But they made you in that match, they told a great enough story to where you thought, Oh my gosh! They like they may actually do it. You know what I mean? It's those ones, and I think that's why I think a lot of people are forgetting what what wrestling really is. It's it's a storytelling you know machine is really what it is. So if they don't tell a great story and they don't suck you back in, everything's broken, right? Kayfabe's broke. Everybody knows it's not. Well, it's not real. It's not the right word. But everybody knows who knows who's gonna win and lose and all that good stuff. It's all predetermined. But to hook me back in as a lifelong fan, hook us as as lifelong fans back into it to make you feel like, wow, did not expect that. I was on the edge of my seat, even though I feel like I know what's gonna happen. Mm-hmm. They got me anyway. You know what I mean? Yeah. Those are the kind of matches that make me want to rewatch. Okay. Not so much like like some of the big stuff. Like I don't need to watch the first two Cole Gargano matches again. I might okay. watch this one again just because the, some of the buffering kind of hurt me a little bit but um i would agree with you though i don't think there's a ton of rewatch value at the same time though i haven't seen it like uh a show really in a long time that i've really wanted to sit and rewatch start to finish like i haven't wanted to watch any of the AEW shows maybe all out will be different but right now like i i haven't i don't know know if you're the same but oh i mean i've rewatched some of them already have you really yeah i went back to watch all in and i watched sober actually i watched the second half of double or nothing again not like the whole yeah thing. like i just think sometimes so i think some of those shows i think at the time they're like wow that was really great but then you don't like think i don't know i think it's one of those things where you gotta kind of give it some room some breathing room first before you go watch it again like the six-way ladder match that cole won the north american title i watched that match several times i thought that was a great great match since. right like i thought it was really good you know i was like oh this that was fantastic so it's just i think it's the ebb and flow it's what you like um how you kind of said that this this kind of takeover was kind of average, right? It was kind of below. Um, does that attribute do you attribute that at all to the depth issues, right? As we mentioned, the Undisputed Era was in three out of the four title matches, right? Mm-hmm. North American Tag and obviously the NXT Championship. Gargano main eventing again. You have Velveteen Dream again. You've got Shayna Baszler still women's champion. Lots of stuff that's we've seen over and over. It's not even that the depth issue. I just think as I think the other takeovers this year, like if you look at New York, I think all five matches were strong. Mm-hmm. I think this one, like the Shayna match, was just long and kind of boring at mm-hmm. certain parts. Yep. I think um, the opening tag even for me personally was, didn't have the same have fervor. This, yeah, yeah, I was, as you I'm brought up, you. like uh, Burke and Lorkin against Undisputed Era. Yeah, this one was just like. It's okay. I was mm-hmm. I had the shock value at the end of Profits winning because I yeah. didn't have the winning. Right. But at the same time, I was like, but nothing really extravagant happened. It was just a right. very good. Yeah. Tag it team was match. just. It was just. It was. So, a, it was a tag match. Like there was nothing where you're gonna go. Wow. Like did you see those guys? They put it all in the line. Yeah. You know so that's mean? why. That's why I think there were besides the main event, none yeah. of the matches blew me away. Mm-hmm. Like other like the Takeover Twenty Five. I feel like um. A co- like the Fatal 4-Way ladder match. The one before that, they had Riddle and Velveteen Dream. Yes. So, you know, all these cards yes. over have like one or two other matches besides the main yes. That's like, Absolutely. wow, that was a Phenomenal. match. Right. This one didn't really have the match for me mm-hmm. besides the main event. Yeah. So, 
It just didn't stack. No, I think I don't, like, I'm thinking, I don't think it was really a depth issue. No. You could have maybe added another match in to give right. like Riddle a shot right. Kushida or someone in there. Yeah. But I don't think it was a depth issue. I just think the matches weren't as high quality as NXT usually is. Yeah. But still, given that, it's still like a 7 out of 8. Yeah. 7 or 8 out of 10. Yeah. Instead of like WWE's. No doubt. Ones, no so. doubt. Absolutely, right? And we'll obviously review SummerSlam next, next week, week, obviously, um, as it's going on as we record right now. So obviously we, we can't review it right now. G1's yeah, the G1's too. So we got a lot of right. stuff coming our way. But um, do you think it's time, this is necessarily on the sheet, but I figure I'd ask this now. Do you think it's time for the Unspeed to get called up? Do you think they've done as much as they can at this point? Because going in, we kind of talked about it before, maybe not on the show, but we've talked about it with with some of our friends. We've gone and said, if the era is going to do, they're going to do all three title matches. If they don't win them all, what do you do, right? Like I kind of thought that's kind of why we were all in the camp of this is the time they're all going to hold the championships for the three months or whatever, and then lose them or, or do whatever. That didn't happen. I've heard. So, spoiler alert to the very ending of this takeover yeah. that happened two days ago. Yeah. So, Gargano got a huge farewell. You yes. probably know. You probably yes. saw it. Um, William Regal came out and hugged him. So, basically, yeah. he's like, mm-hmm. it looks like he's pretty much done. Mm-hmm. Apparently, Vince, two days before takeover, from what I read at yeah. Ringside News, that he ripped up the script. Because Arrow was supposed to win them all, I guess. Um. They came out this morning. They were supposed to, and he ripped them up because he wants to call them up early. Oh. Earlier than expected. Oh. So I think if I was a fantasy booker, Champa comes back as the biggest face. Oh yeah, besides coming Roman off neck Reigns surgery. Coming, coming off neck surgery, he's gonna be. I think he's gonna be Cole, and then sometime between that time span mm-hmm. of Cole losing, Aaron probably gets called up right after and, that. And here's why, and 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 here's why I'm asking too, because we've seen kind of the repetition, the same kind of guys always on each takeover, right? There's some talent that you can kind of see. There's Kashida, there's Punishment Martinez, there's Keith Lee, there's some guy Matt Riddle who should have been on Killian Dane they're trying to redo again Um, even obviously the Fashion Police that's a tag team that could very easily be back on there Um, with that being said though I just feel like those those four guys are so easily transferable to the main roster in my opinion it's such a strong group where if you keep them together and you keep them strong I think that's that's easily a group you put on Smackdown once this official brand split happens Mm -hmm. post SummerSlam where you let them run you know, and they face the New Day or whatever, right? I yeah. feel like that's super, super strong yes. of a of a of a group. So I just feel like that would open up some spots at the top of the card for some of these other guys, and I feel like you kind of shake up NXT's roster a little I bit. I don't think initially, like if NXT kept the same formula, mm-hmm. I don't think it would impact at all if Aaron right. got called up. Mm-hmm. I think. Because you have enough guys there. No, that's what I'm saying. I would just kind of give you fresh matchups. Yeah, you just get new stuff. Yeah. However, going to the weekly two-hour format that there's been words coming out mm-hmm. that FS1 wants to do, Yeah. I think that's where you're going to hit a lot of problems without the air and stuff yeah. on uh, the card. That's true. Absolutely. No doubt, right? I It's something It's fun to play with, right? It's an idea that we know it's coming. We're just kind of figuring out, okay, yeah. how are they going to do yeah. it, right? The so, air can fill like three matches on a card just themselves. Yeah, exactly. And that's what they did, right? Yeah. And that's when I kind of felt like that's why this one, for me, I'm we're both huge Undisputed Era fans, right? But at the same time, as a, as a general body standard of going okay what are you trying to do here i felt it was almost like it was an easy thing to do to go slot them in right cole's the champ obviously so we knew that but it was easy to go all right street profits need a win that's going to get them some credibility all right let's put them with the era right we need to put roderick strong with with velveteen they kind of had a thing and then you bring pete dunn in for the outside of you you know what i mean it was just seemed like it was a very easy 
kind of way to book it out yeah. where they're like, all right, we've got some stuff invested in the women. We got the Gargano Cole blow off. We need to fill the rest of this card with our two other title matches. So let's kind of let's throw the best wrestlers on our roster that we have, which I believe are the four those four guys, and put them in there and let's see what happens. You know what I mean? So this is how I kind of looked at it of how they booked it. Um, All right. Let's shift now from NXT to another wrestling brand, something that maybe some of our older fans maybe have heard of before, the NWA. No, I'm not talking about the rap group. I'm talking about the National Wrestling Alliance. If you don't know what the NWA is, it was the biggest governing body in professional wrestling for years, for decades even, right about until the 1980s or so. That's when Hulkamania happened. Obviously, Vince McMahon took over the world, and the NWA has been primarily dead, quote-unquote, ever since. Um, But... As of late, Billy Corgan, Nick Aldis, James Storm, Eli Drake, some of these bigger independent guys who aren't signed to a specific company have kind of started the movement again. They've had some shows with Japan a few years ago. They've been partnered with Ring of Honor up until very recently. And they've now announced that they are going to do a set of television tapings at the end of, I think, this month or next month. It's August or September. I don't remember. I heard September. September, right? Um Will you, Mike, as a fan, and we'll talk about AEW here in a second, but will you be watching if it's easily available? Now, if it's just going to be on like on three channels in Texas, right, yeah. or something, right, obviously we can't. But if it's made available, maybe say on Fight TV, on YouTube, whatever, whatever the case may be, will you at least initially tune in to see? Because like besides like those three guys I named, there's not really an NWA roster right yeah. now. You know what I mean? Um, I will say I won't. No. And here's why. Um, wrestling is the most the most popular it's ever been right now. Absolutely. You can argue. Oh, yeah. Um, so you have the WWE, which everyone watches. Mm-hmm. Now you even have the AEW, mm-hmm. which is an uprising like, thing. With thing the best could, possible independent stars you could yeah, have you, you're there, And they're going to kind of be competing, so it's like a new... WWE, but not like really. It's kind of like that, whatever. So you have most money behind it. Yeah. So you got the two big companies there. Then you also have like Impact or whatever or Ring of Honor if you're into that. Yep. But for me personally, I'm a big New Japan fan. Also, right. No doubt. Yeah. A lot of people are. Now you're looking at three to four different companies Mm -hmm. that you're watching. Yeah. I don't think I can invest the time with everything else of other Mm -hmm. sports and stuff I watch to invest the time that I would need to. The NWA, right? Watch for that. sure, and and this is why I'm asking because I'm I'm kind of in a similar boat than you, where I'm interested. Don't get me wrong. Oh, yeah. I, the history behind, it, if you are a wrestling fan, you know what the NWA is, and if you don't, you need to go and you need to go to your Google machine and you need to look it up because there's a lot of great history there. Um, you know, Ric Flair made his name in the NWA. NWA became WCW, folks. Just in case anybody doesn't understand that. Um, but with that being said. Um, I think it's the wrong time. I don't know if you agree with me, but it's just, for me, you know, when Billy Corgan made his announcement, I went, man, this is like the worst possible time you could. And I don't know if it's strategically like, all right, we need to get on this roller coaster too because everybody's already watching so much wrestling as it is because there's so many options. That's like, you know what? Let's provide another alternative. But I feel like in doing that, they're also saying they are just that another alternative I rather they, than like well, oh my gosh we're gonna start up I think here two years ago if they did this would have been you're huge. in a prime spot yeah to, absolutely to be like the second company that mm-hmm. people want to watch or mm-hmm. third company but now with 
just like the rising of New Japan is right now. Especially here in the States. Especially here in the States. Because now they're coming to the States like three times, four times a year Mm -hmm. now, which is like Mm -hmm. super rare. And they've made an initiative, I mean, to to make headway in the United States. Absolutely. So you got New Japan coming. Now you got AEW starting TV in October. And then you got um, WWE is always going to be here. Then you got Ring of Honor, if you're into that. Mm -hmm. They have shows every month. Mm -hmm. So you got all this stuff happening right now where it's like, we're just this extra. We're another company. We're just to watch, ex- we're just here. Yeah, but exactly. like at the same time, you're like, yeah, but it's like when the XFL starts, and you go, yeah, there's NFL, and then there's gonna be the NBA, and then you got NHL, right? And then you're just like that other sporting thing that you yeah. can watch, mm-hmm. but like, will you with all the other stuff there is available? Right. Yeah, I think it's gonna be very tough. I'm interested. I'm excited. I'll probably try to watch if it's readily available. Give me one thing though. If you're a fan, right, and you've already said it's going to be really hard for you to kind of really invest time, what's one thing they can do differently that maybe they're not even AEW is doing? Because outside of the lack of real, like real, like top talent left to to sign, I I mean, what is there anything for you that you would be like? What, let's see. Like if you hear they're doing X, then I'll tune in. Anything for you, or are you just kind of like... No, because eh. for me, everything that I want happens in any other promotion. Mm-hmm. Like, if you care about the championships, you go to New Japan. Absolutely. If you care about wins and losses, how impactful they are, mm-hmm. you go to AEW. Mm-hmm. And if you just want to get, like, pure entertainment in your wrestling, mm-hmm. you go to WWE. Yeah. So, unless they bring, like, two out of those scenarios in there or something, mm-hmm. where you go, wow, you get, like, the best of both worlds in this promotion, which is very hard to do all of those at once... Mm-hmm. Um, I just don't actually it would be that hard to do all three at once, but like apparently That's always no, trying to yeah, occasion, there's like no never, company yeah, that can do all right. of them very well at no once. Doubt. Yeah, no doubt. Um I I have everything I want in a company. If I'm like, wow, I just want to see a great world title match, you go to New Japan. Yeah. AEW is like every single match matters. And WWE is like, wow, you got AJ Styles and all these great guys going here. Yeah, no it's doubt. It's like we're like what what can they, I don't know what can they bring. And, that, and that's the, and that's know. the question because it's, I it's, got something everywhere. Right. I think there's a tradition. Right. I think that there is a level of you know like you want to see this entity that has so much history behind it. You know the NWA Championship, one of the most iconic titles yeah. in you know if you're into that kind of thing um like i am personally um i I think it's gonna be very tough right like i think you're right if they would have done it two years ago hell if they would have done it two years after this even after AEW's kind of the the loving face is kind of worn off i think they would have been better equipped to kind of do that but because of where they're going to kind of be slotted, and if they're not, they're not getting a national television deal. No. So because of they're that, be Ring of Honor. On exactly. So it's going to be on. Yeah, right. It's going to be on some random network that half the people get, half the people don't. So because of that, I don't know if there's anything that they can do differently. I just think it's going to have to be one of those things where it's going to have to grow, like kind of Ring of Honor did in the early stages, where it's like we just got to sign everybody else we can. And hope people kind of, it's like a cult following kind of thing. I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see, though. I'm very excited. I'm glad that they're at least making the effort. I'm, I'm happy to see, you know, the rest of the guys. There's another place for people to work, right? So if you if you like a certain guy or a certain group, you know, and they're not in WWE or AEW, then maybe they wind up in the NWA. So that's fun. If they ever come to Michigan, I'll go to their shows. So. <laughs> um, sure. All right. Let's shift away from Squared Circle now. Let's talk Detroit Lions now. I know I'm talking about something that... People, especially in Detroit right now, probably think, how could you talk about playoffs? Did you not see that first preseason game? Oh, my gosh. Did you not see it? Like, Brian Hoyer is the greatest quarterback ever. We can't complete a pass. Oh, my gosh. But if we're being honest with ourselves here, now, I understand the concern. I wasn't happy after that preseason game ever. But 
with the investment, the financial investment, and the and the moves that the Lions have made this offseason in the draft and so on, they've clearly put expectations, hopes, whatever you want to call it, yeah. in making this year a run, right? Like really making this year a year where they should be competing for a division championship, competing for a playoff spot, playoff win, wins. Um, it, is it justified... Is it justified for us fans, due to the amount of investment, right, to be like expecting, you know, you signed Trey Flowers, you signed Coleman, Hawkinson's the tight end, you got Jesse James, Stafford's still here, year two of Patricia, year two of the Kerryon Johnson experience, Galladay's back, Marvin's back, you got all these things, right, all these great pieces, quote unquote. Yeah. Is it justified to have a high expectation of this football team, regardless of preseason week one? For goodness sakes. I mean, expectations are, should always be high. You don't right. ever want to shoot low for your expectations. Um, I think they've done a good job building the team. Um, they have spent tons of money. Tons of money, no tons doubt. Tons of money no everywhere. Doubt. Absolutely. And I, I, you also can't read too much. And we said it last year mm-hmm. that you can't read too much in the preseason games. And they came out and like... Look like total look garbage. Look like total garbage. We'll Correct. use that word instead. Correct. yeah. Because um, <laughs> we can't swear on this show. You've yeah, exactly. done before. I know, me too. Um, it's okay. <laughs> However, I think last year, like week three, you kind of saw in the preseason game where you're like, this is where I want to see something. This is where you want to see something. And that's when they S H I T the bed. We'll say that. (laughs) I'm going to spell that. Yeah, right. Um, When that's the week that they do it, you go, that's troublesome. When Stafford doesn't even play and your third string quarterback's in the whole game, Mm -hmm. that's. I I have less concern. Mm -hmm. Yeah, right. And I I think that. I think Lions fans, I, I, and you've been on point, and I and I have agreed with this since you said it, weeks two and three of the preseason are the games you really want to watch because you're going to see a quarter being played, a couple series, then the third preseason game is, you know, you get the a half. Right. Series. So because of that, right, those are the times. But even then, you know, I, I'm, I'm with the majority of you fans, right? I was not happy with the way they looked. But... If you guys watch the broadcast, really take some time if you haven't watched the Lions version of the broadcast with Chris Spielman covering the team because he does a hell of a job really breaking down what the Lions are doing defensively and offensively as far as scheme and then comparing it to what the other team was doing, right? You know, the Patriots had Jamie Collins and Keneal Harry in for the whole half. Yeah. You know what I mean? And they were and they were blitzing and trying different things. The Lions ba- didn't blitz, right? It was all super Madden-esque play calls, you know, inside zone. All right, slant pass, you know. It's just these very simple things there. So I, I think there needs to be some expectations. You need to be tempered with, like, oh, my gosh, we're going 0-16. Calm down. Um what what do they need to do though in your mind? What are some of what's a key thing outside of injuries? We're gonna assume they stay healthy because you can't say well they need to stay healthy. No duh. Um, what's something? What's key for you in what they have to accomplish this season in order to make the playoffs? They have to hold defensively. Yes. Hold them to under seventeen points a game. Really? That's their biggest mm-hmm. thing because games that get out of hand that go into shootouts with the lines. You usually don't end well, mm-hmm. and not you, right now. No, and when you and when you look at it, you go, yeah, you have Steph who has all these fourth quarter comebacks, mm-hmm. but at the same time, you go, yeah, but when you when you're asking him to put up forty plus points, yeah. that's where you're getting into disastrous territory, right? right. For any quarterback, honestly. for any for, quarterback, yeah, no there's, doubt. There's some guys that are like, okay, I can do that, yeah. but then there's some like, I would I wouldn't trust if you're like, okay, Chiefs go score forty two, can they win the game? I'd probably go. 
probably not yeah. because there's no way they score that much. Right. You know what I mean? Right. So I think their defense is their biggest key, having yeah. to hold them to a 17-point range yeah. to where the offense, because we know it's going to be a slower pace, run the ball, mm-hmm. play action pass, probably kind of mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. They're not going to be able to score thirty plus points every mm-hmm. single game, so right. you really need that defense to show up and be there. No doubt, game in and game out. Yeah, for sure. And I think that's going to. I think that's what they've built this team as, right? I think if you look at what they did in the offseason, they addressed the defense heavily, right? I mean, their top two acquisitions, Coleman and Flowers, on the defensive side. You brought in Sacks. You still have Slay. Rashawn Melvin's here. You draft a lot of defense, obviously outside your first round pick, which is Hawkinson. But you have a lot of defensive pieces that you are expecting to contribute, right? Um, I agree with you on the defense. I'm going to actually go to the offensive side just because you went defense, and I'm going to say that um, they have to be able to be multiple. And what I mean by that is, is that everyone, everything we're hearing is that Bevel is just going to run the ball, run the ball, run the ball, run the ball, right? I don't think people are truly have any idea how much Stafford loves his tight ends. I don't think people understand how much that he loved. They loved Pettigrew at the time, right? Mm-hmm. You know, he had 80 catches a year. You know, 700, 800 yards receiving. You got Jesse James. You got Hawkinson. So the the ability to be multiple, meaning, all right, at any point in time, I don't know what they're doing because last year that was a huge problem, right? Was you know they went in and they said, all right, we know what they're we know what they're going to do, or even us watching at home. Oh, okay. Well, they're bringing these guys in. Guess it's a run up the middle, right? And nine times out of ten, it's a run up the middle. You know what I mean? Just, just to have, I, I want, I want, I want a Jim Bob Cooter offense in the sense that I want to protect the football, right? I don't need to take unmeaningless shots, but I just want to sprinkle a Scott Linehan, if that makes any sense, right? Scott Linehan's offense being so run and gun and just chuck it down the field and see what happens, you know, which led to more turnovers, you know? That's not what I want. Yeah, right. But I want a sprinkle of that, right? I want to have the option. I want to have, like, the ability to feel like at any point in time we can score, Right? You know what I mean? And I think you have a quarterback to do that. And I think the other key, Stafford has to his his interceptions have to be ten or below. Mm-hmm. And then it's gonna be another one. I think as long as he can keep the ball in his hands, I think they have a great shot to yeah. win as long as he's smart with the football. See, I see people say that like Ron sets up the pass is mm-hmm. gone in the NFL. Totally I, is not. Yeah. But I don't believe in that because mm-hmm. I think if you have carry on who's aver- who's gonna average like four Yards to carry or mm-hmm. something. Yeah. I think that's easier going to set the pass. Absolutely. You know that's Absolutely. what that's how Dallas thrives. No kidding. Ezekiel going, yeah. putting eight guys in the box to stop Zeke, and then having Amari Cooper one on one over the field. Absolutely. So I that's Absolutely. that's why I'm just like you can't. I agree with you that they yeah. need to take deep shots and stuff. Yeah. But I'm like take like one or two a game because those one or two should you're be big. easily going to connect. Should be big. because they're going to bite every. That's single another time. thing too that you make sense. The big play, right? Yeah. We we missed a lot of those. Stafford's deep ball last year was terrible. Yeah. It was. I think Marvin not being there for half of the year didn't help. But yeah. I think that's got to be another thing. All right, how many wins did you think they need to get to? Is it nine? Is it ten? Is it eleven? Is it twelve? Is it one hundred and twelve? I don't know. Tell me how many. Get to that? I don't even know, dude. That's what I'm saying. They probably won 112 games in like 50 years, it feels like. Okay. That's, I mean, <laughs> yeah, right? So, so, what, so how many games do you think they need to win in order to be like, yep, they, they get at least at least a wild card. Are you talking wild card? It, just to make the playoffs. However they do it. By hook or by crook. Ten wins. Ten wins? Ten wins. You think ten and six gets at, it done? At least a wild card. If you want to win the division, I'd say 11 or 12. Mm-hmm. But ten wins is playoff worthy. Yeah. The East is or not just the East. The NFC in general is very strong because mm-hmm. in every division you have like 
Dallas and the Eagles. Mm-hmm. You have Seahawks and the Rams. Yep. You have our division, who has like all three or four, all, all four, four really, relatively. Honestly. And then you have um, you the, get Saints, the Saints and Falcons. Falcons. Yep. So every division, you're going to have that second place team at exactly. a nine right up in season. Exactly. So you have to have at least 10 to 11 to probably at least make the playoffs this year. Yep. If not... 12. I'm in total agreement. If, if you said Lions are twelve and four, I go. They're in the playoffs. Yes, but right. if they're if they're nine and seven, you're like, what's you're the like, rest of the league yeah, look like? You have to, <laughs> nine, ten is like generous. So ten and six, you go. Where's everyone else? At? Yeah, the ten and six is still because you've seen teams yeah. go ten and six and not make it just because yeah. of strength of schedule. So I can I can say ten and six as yeah. in like. I would still go, where's everyone at? 11 wins, I guess. If you get 11, you're definitely De- 11, in. I'm yes. like, yes, you are 100%. And 10 mm-hmm. is where I go, you're probably in, but, but where's you, everyone else yeah, at? Right. I agree with you. I think 10 wins, yeah. And I think that's kind of where people are at, honestly. I think that's probably, honestly, I think 11 wins is probably their ceiling. I don't think they get oh, any no, higher than that. So um, it'll be very interesting to see what happens. Uh, I'm, I'm very excited for the season. What do you think their ceiling and floor is for win totals? Ceiling is 11 wins. I think their floor is like five. You think they win Honestly. at least five, no matter what? Yeah, I do. Okay. I think I, I think there's too much talent on this I team. Too, I don't think that people are giving. I, I it's funny, and we're gonna do. I want to do a full roster breakdown right before the beginning of the season. But when we when they when people talk about this team, I think don't I don't think they realize what what's on this team. There's a lot of good players on mm-hmm. this team. Is the depth where they want it to be? Maybe not. You know, no. but I don't think any team right now can say that their depth is where that's, they want it to that's be. That's the last point. Is yeah, exactly. If one guy, if like Slay goes down, you're done. Exactly. Right. Guys so, like that, you but have big guys. Here's what I will say and give them some credit for before we go off the air. They have enough cap room where they can make a move. Yeah. If they have to, they can go get Pat Pete. Mm-hmm. If they really had to, they could go get him. You know what I mean? Like, if they need to go make a move, they will go. And I think Bob Quinn has shown the propensity to say, you know what? This isn't working. You're gone. Or. You know what? We need to go get a guy, and we're gonna go get him. To, you know, our run game was the war. Our run defense was terrible at the beginning of the year. What do you know? What do you do? I'm gonna go the best defensive tackle possible to stop the run, right? Yeah. And he, and he obviously he swindled the Giants. But the point being is that if there's a move he to be swindled. made, he went and made the move yeah. at the end of the day. So let's have a little bit of faith, and let's and, and listen. We come on the on the air in two months from now, and we're zero and five, lo- losing the Packers on Monday night. Then okay, then we have some cause for concern. But until that happens. Even if we go all one against the Cardinals, I'm gonna be pissed. Yeah, do not. You better tune to that show. We lose game one because I will be. That'll be a. That'll be a Mike Valeni MSU make plays one type of episodes. But all right, guys, that's gonna be it for episode 37 of the I Am Always Right Sports Podcast. Please tune into all of our social media. We have so many, so much big news coming your way so very soon. So many big announcements. We may even look a little bit different next week. Who knows? I don't know yet. Just depends. Depends on how I'm feeling. Depends on how I'm feeling, folks. For the Merck Zone, I am the Mouth of Michigan, and we will see you guys as always next time.